Hey, and welcome to Front Seat Gamer. This is episode one. Uh, we say the name wrong a whole bunch of times in this episode because we didn't know there was already a podcast with the name we say. We, so We probably should have checked, but... We didn't. Uh, our bad. But now you know, this is Front Seat Gamer, not the other thing we say. Uh, also, our Twitter account isn't the other thing we say at the end of the episode. <laughs> it's... What's our Twitter account? Uh, the Twitter account is <laughs> at... Front seat cast. Front seat cast. So just think of someone making a shape out of their front seat. And the, with uh, a cast. the email address is also different, but we still have access to it, so don't even worry about it. <laughs> email, whatever. We'll, yeah, we'll find it. We'll, we'll find it, yeah. And now, on to the episode! <laughs> Hey everyone, and welcome to Pre-Alpha. This is the first episode of a new podcast. Uh, I'm Nick Colin. I work at Grinding Gear Games as a game designer. Uh, with me is Severn. Close. It's, it's good. Severn. I, always, I always mispronounce his name. You say it. It's Severn. How do you mispronounce Severn? Whatever. <laughs> it's my accent, probably. It's such a common name. What do you do? I'm an artist. I guess a 3D artist at Grinding Gear Games. Great. And Blake. Hey. Hey, what do you do? I'm <laughs> uh, an environment artist at Grinding Gear Games. Great, so we've got two artists and a and the more important game designer. Whoa! <laughs> just, just ripping. Um, uh, we're we're gonna start things off by talking about what we've been doing this week. Uh, I've been moving house, so that's basically been it for me. And how's that going? It's it's really slow. I miss video games. I miss the internet. Uh, I yeah, miss how... a world where you don't carry packages all the time. How is life without internet? It doesn't... It's not life anymore. It's not worth it's just, living. It's like some weird limbo state where you don't have... You don't know what your friend just drank. You know? You can't check Twitter to find out. I know. I was waiting for your, like, <laughs> like, I was waiting for your likes on my... Um, on your hot sauce post? Yeah, on my hot sauce post. I've been using my phone going, Oh, what's the, what's the hot sauce news? I need to find yeah. out how hot it is. Um, you, want a, you want a spoiler? How, yeah, go It ahead. wasn't that hot. How much did you pay for it? It's like 17 bucks. I ripped off. It's supposed to be like 2 million schools. And it's delicious. Two million. It was. That's, it was delicious. Really yeah. good well, it says on the thing, up to 2 million, so that's from zero to 2 million. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's quite a... Yeah, you can yeah. Just, it's probably from... If you leave it in the sun all day and let it sort of evaporate down to, you know, an eighth of its size, mm. then it'll be hot. But it's fantastic. You should try some. Okay. What about you? Um, um, I have... I haven't really been doing too much this week. I kind of moved out a couple of weeks ago, and we're sort of just figuring out the house. So it's been good. Yeah? Yeah, no, no we've got internet, though. I'm not even up to this, the point where things are looking up. Okay, uh, we've got everything unpacked and everything. <laughs> it's like somewhere. a nightmare. It's just boxes. It always takes longer than you think, right? Ugh. Like, you look around your house and go, yeah, I don't have that much stuff. And then you start packing up, and you're like, oh, God. I genuinely do not have that much stuff, but my girlfriend has all of the stuff in the world, I think. And she's just moved it all. Let's blame the girl, man. Yeah. It's her fault. Love you, baby. <laughs> what have you been up to, Blake? Um, I have not been up to a lot, really. Got some hot sauce. I got, got some, some hot mild sauce. sauce. Yeah, I got some hot sauce. I mean, it is hot. Okay. Um, Blake, so you you and Severn... <laughs> Severn? <laughs> Whatever. You, you've got I mean, it. I'll keep messing it up. You, I mean, you, you both have the spiciest foods possible. 
when available to you, right? Like, yeah, pretty much. We we get uh, curry every Friday, mm-hmm. and you both go for the hottest available. And then Blake, you, in addition to that, ask for a side of chili. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And they give you a bowl, like a little bowl of chili. And the expectation is you put it, you know, like a little tiny couple drops in there, and you're like, whole bowl, yeah. stir it through. Oh, I guess this will do. <laughs> yes, I exactly like that. Well, well, this is it, just it, really it's also cool because you get a little bit extra. I mean, it's free to ask for extra chili. Sure. So I'm oh, getting so like, you see it as a value thing. Yeah, I'm getting extra. You guys are like sitting there with, you know, just the standard Steady amount. Stomach. Yeah, yeah. I'm true. like, I'm, I've got like this little, little, uh, I don't know. There, there thing. Did, yeah, there is more of it, but I mean, most of that at that point is just chili. Yeah, that's fantastic. Sure, you could just buy chili though, or not. Okay. Well, ask for it for free. Yeah, that's true. Okay, free yeah. chili. You're you're right. You win. Um, you been playing anything interesting? Oh, actually, yeah, I picked up the order. Um, oh yeah, I've been seeing reviews. Yep. Not good. <laughs> that, that's the thing. I um. I heard it was too long. Nope, <laughs> you, are, you are wrong. I actually wrote down a little list of things about that game, but um, yeah, the first thing is that game is the new benchmark for visuals in, oh, yeah. in video games. Wow. It's probably the best video game visually I've seen. Where does it stand against Grand Theft Auto? Far superior. Whoa. Yeah, it looks incredible. We're talking about Grand Theft Auto 3, right? <laughs> 2? Oh, oh man, that top-down view, mm. dope. But a couple of things I noted about the order, they do um, they do a thing where, and you'll see this when you first actually get playing and you're introduced to the character in the city, they apply like a noise filter over the top of the entire screen. When, you say, so when you say a noise filter, what do you mean? It, it like almost looks like... Static? Yeah, actually, yeah, like static, mm. like TV static, where... Um, you know how you have un, untuned channels, mm-hmm. that kind of black and white thing? Is it like if a, you were to multiply that over the top of a okay. screen in Photoshop, yeah, kind of looks like that, and it's always buzzing. So if I oh. was to look out into the city, I'd just see this fuzz in cool. the background. It's It gives it, I guess, a cinematic feel, mm. but it's there, and I wonder why you'd even do that. Don't you want clean 3D? Don't you want I know some, some games, is it like uh, Mass Effect 2? had a film grain filter yeah they well option that you just click and it like makes it it does that same thing it's like a slight yeah. film grain over everything and it just made everything feel more really it's cinematic yeah, cinematic, right? yeah, okay. yeah. but I, you can you can turn it off and yeah. just play it's, it normally it's kind of funny that like making the image look crappy yeah makes <laughs> yeah the, that's how the, I... the effect uh stronger <laughs> like it makes you feel yeah. more uh, in tune with what's going on and makes it makes it feel a little more significant. Yeah. So the, the game is also letterbox, right? Yeah. Which it, must it add is, again to the cinematicness. You know, I think that might be an, a way to optimize it so you're not rendering 1920 by 1080. Mm, okay. Instead, it's 1920 by, I think, 900. Oh, yeah. So it does definitely feel cinematic. But they but can it, hide it behind a artistic choice. It, yeah, it's just, um, you know, they're rendering yeah. less. So besides the visuals... Uh, it's it's I, I, short. I want to talk about visuals. I don't, I don't I don't really want to talk about the the game because okay, sure because you already know that it didn't review well. Mm. Um, I I kind of want to talk about techie. Sure. Stuff. Well, I mean, should my question for you then? Um, how important do you feel the visuals are to the game? Oh, for a game like this, yeah, very important. You're showing off a next gen game. You want to kind of 
say, hey, this is what we've got. Sure. I, I feel it's important. I think visuals are a way to gauge that generation of system, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's to say, we can, so we can pull this kind of stuff off. It sounds a little bit more like you see this as a, uh, tech, a playable tech demo mm-hmm. for the new consoles um, more than like a must-own, like awesome sprawling adventure through the 1800s well, steampunk. The, the gameplay isn't great. Oh, right. no. And I think it's gotten identi- identity crisis, kind of thing. Okay. Um, when you play through, you it kind of has that Gears of War feel. So you're you're ducking behind cover, uh-huh. you're popping out, you're, you're killing people. Is there chest high walls everywhere? Yeah, you have barriers yep. everywhere. Uh, but you can't even cover behind everything. So there oh, are pianos okay. and you can't, you can't actually cover oh, behind weird. pianos. Um, but very early on, you meet this velvet rope, right? And it's hanging oh, no. between yeah. these, you know, on, on middle bars. Yeah. Velvet rope. That sounds impassable. Yeah, and you can't, you can't <laughs> really? actually step over the, It hangs so low, and I guess oh, it's trying no. to introduce you to a new... Well, that's the VIP mechanic. section. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah exactly. Velvet there, rope. Yeah. But um, you have to... So it directs you up to this cliff, and then you're into this weird Assassin's Creed st- yeah. type mode where you're climbing up your... You're shimmying on a railing. Instead of climbing so, over the rope. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, man. And then it has um, sort of tropes that The Last of Us had where you're, you're kind of doing things there where you're having to push things against other things okay. in order to climb up against sure, like buildings. Sure, like, like a push block puzzle sort of thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it's, so, so you think it's just a case of like too many cooks? kind of thing like all these great games came out yeah and they were like we gotta be a bit like let's take a bit of that take a bit of that yeah I do th- I yeah. do think that's happening well, was the velvet rope at least really spectacularly rendered everything in that game was really <laughs> well rendered there was no physics on it I bet actually it was just a one, one amazing visual that is in the game is when you walk out of this mine and I'm, I won't spoil anything but you walk out of this um, I guess the uh, sort of rail line that mm-hmm. goes underground mm-hmm. come out of it and then you kind of see the docks and it's it's kind of breathtaking oh, nice. <laughs> it looks amazing seagulls in the distance it's good when games haze. That. yeah and, and that contrast that you get where yeah. you know highlight and a lot of dark so I mean at least it, it had a, a memorable mo- or at least a few memorable moments visually right yeah and I guess I mean for someone like you who were like the technology behind these games and the, like the, the visual medium of games uh, is really important mm-hmm. and not I mean obviously you, you enjoy good gameplay and story and sound whatnot, sure, yep. but, but you really know your the ins and outs and, and appreciate the visual style it sounds like this uh, probably hit a spot that you've been craving for a while what, what do you think of visuals are they important to you um, not really <laughs> I mean <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I'm totally honest uh, I mean, if we look at like some of the most engrossing and popular games the last, you know, five years, a lot of them are very low-fi. Uh, but Minecraft, I think, for example, I think our list would be very different if you were to list off the games that you liked and the games I liked. Yeah, right? probably. We yeah, have a very yeah. broad list. I suspect you're probably right. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I do love a really beautiful game. I I played um, Crisis Three. And that was a really spectacular looking game. Kind of dull in parts. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, 
when, like you're you're walking through a ruined New York City and you see light reflecting on the ripples onto the buildings around you. It's just it's it's, it's immersive, right? Oh, it really is. And but, and I I would call in like my family members who didn't care about games and I would say, look at this water! <laughs> look at how if I shoot it, the water ripples and you can see the light on the building. I'm like, yes. It's and they just say, this pretty. is what you're doing with your life? <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I totally, but to me it's more of like a, this is impressive that we're up to this stage and I'm excited to see where it goes, mm-hmm. but I, this isn't, this isn't enough for me. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, one thing I would say about The Order is that I don't. I don't think those developers put much thought into it. Um, if they wanted to make a Last of Us type game, they should have made a survival horror yeah. type game. Um, especially when you have production values that high. And I think it works for the Last of Us because you have these amazing assets, but you're always foraging, right? So you're always running to the corners of the rooms. You're having a look at everything. Mm. So it, it's like those assets get appreciated mm. because. That's also part of the gameplay, right? That's a very fair point. And with the order, you are running through these hallways, which probably took years for some of these developers to (laughs) Mm. make. And, you know, no one would ever pick up on that. That sucks. Um, You could stop and have a look at those assets, and I did. Yeah, but then you're taking it, you're taking yourself out of, you know, the immersive experience to be like, I want to look at these, like, sweet But that's what I do, right? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that is kind of what I do as well, a lot. Mm -hmm. But um, it does break your uh, you know immersion doing that yeah and so I, I guess it was kind of research as well as mm. uh, playing a I would say a pretty good game pretty good <laughs> yeah yeah okay. overall cool. I, I would say it was pretty good how many uh, how many stars do you give it how many thumbs uh, out not, of ten I'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't rate it but I, I'm gonna say it's really good okay. cool what have you been playing Blake uh, I'm playing a little bit of Heroes of the Storm ooh Blizzard's uh, casualized MOBA. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, I like, I, I really like that game. Cool. And I think the reason I like it is for some of the reasons why people, what, what, how people criticize it. Mm-hmm. Um, people say it's like too short, it's not as complicated, it's, it's casual, you know, it's kind of casual. Yep. Um, but I like that. I sure. like having these rounds that like 20 minutes, uh, instead of Dota, that's like 40 or something like that. Yeah. And you can tell in Dota, usually, well, at least when I play, I can tell that I'm going to lose 20 minutes into it, but I still have to sit there for another like 20 minutes, half an hour or something, right. waiting it's to lose. In that, 20 minutes in, your game is over. Right. You've won or lost, and you're on to the next game. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to worry about items. There's no items in that game, which is cool. Um, and I could see like some people definitely like the added complexity of the items mm. you know in Dota um, but it's, I mean it's not just complexity though it's a variety yeah right? yeah and there have been times with uh, Heroes of the Storm that I've been sitting there and I thought like what if they had items in this game that would be kind of cool but I think adding them would an extra layer of complexity that I think would might be too much okay you know do you well so I played I've played a lot of MOBAs mm-hmm. um and I, I played League of Legends quite a lot, especially, um, but I've, I've played a wide variety of them. Do you feel like um, Heroes of the Storm can hold your attention for a long time? Because, for example, League of Legends uh, continues to hold my attention yeah. because uh, there is a lot of complexity. Um, it's And they also have a lot of uh, variety, and they also add a lot of new stuff 
quite regularly. Mm. Uh, like every season, they'll switch up some items, yeah. they'll rebalance some stuff, they'll do new skill trees. Yeah. Um, um, but I've, in a game like Heroes of the Storm, without the ability to like greatly change the way I play a character mm. in certain matchups or in certain like situations, um, I don't know that I'd be able to continue to play that and find that appealing for a long time. Yeah, I don't know how long I'm going to stick with it. Um, because I've only been playing it for like two weeks, okay, so far, mm-hmm. and it's not technically even out yet. Like I sure, had to yeah. buy into yep. the Vader thing, um, and the raid they're adding heroes. I mean, uh, Dota has like way more heroes to pick from, so yeah. just having that um, variety, mm-hmm. you know, is kind of better. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been playing. Um, uh, Hearthstone a lot lately for yeah. some similar reasons to you. Um, that for the, like, I, I play a lot of Magic, um, and Hearthstone is in a lot of ways a, a very simplified counterpart to, to Magic: The Gathering. Mm. Um, but it, uh, I, what I find appealing about Hearthstone is that they are really using the fact that it's a digital card game in interesting ways. Like Magic doesn't do randomness very well. Mm-hmm. Um, if a card says uh, deals three damage to uh, or deals one damage to three random enemies. Um, in Magic, it's really tricky to do. You'd well, have, you'd to, have like, to roll a dice or something? Or you'd have to turn all of the enemies over and then shuffle oh. them into a pile, and then an opponent would choose three, mm. and, and that's how you'd probably do it. Uh, it would just be like slow and clumsy and require like several steps to make sure no one's doing anything that's that could be tipping the balance mm. either way. Um, Hearthstone is because it's all digital so it's like yeah these three guys done Um, or or like pull a random specific type of card out of your out of your deck like a random random pirate card just does it you can't really do that in Magic Mm. Um, and so I really love that although it is like a very simplified collectible card game Mm. in a lot of ways it's doing stuff that other collectible card games because they are typically cardboard and tabletop can't do um so that's really I've, I've been really enjoying that. But you also you also get a lot playing Magic, right? That you don't get in Hearthstone. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, Magic reading is reading the opponent, that kind of mm, thing. Yes, you do a lot of that, and, and I mean, we play quite a lot of Magic around the office. We play a lot of Time Leaders at the moment, mm-hmm. which is a a variant of of Commander. It's just like with lower cost cards and fewer cards, and it's more restrictions. Um, and a lot of the time, my opponent will have two untapped mana four cards in their hand and I'll just be like now I really want to play this this creature in my hand there's like a, a I know they have counterspells in their deck do I risk getting my creature counterspelled and um, like I'm looking at them and trying to figure out are, are they looking at a specific card in their hand yeah. like looking and looking at me um, you can't do that in, in Hearthstone obviously yeah. it's you, a lot of that just becomes like what are they mousing over yeah can, <laughs> yeah because you can see when they mouse over yeah. their cards and like them. but almost yeah. never you look at that like I don't maybe on a pro level people actually look they at that do. but I don't they I do. certainly don't notice I'm too busy clicking on the stuff in the environment mm. the, I mean Magic also has like because there's a bunch of different phases in every turn there's more opportunities to do sorts of crazy things yeah. mm-hmm. um, Hearthstone is literally it's your turn. You can play cards and attack yeah. and do whatever in any order you want. Yeah, okay. Um, do you think that this is like a theme with Blizzard games lately of taking something popular and simplifying it down 
you know, because they they basically done that with Dota. They've taken the sure. Dota and yeah. simplified it down to. They've they've basically been doing that since World of Warcraft first came out. World of Warcraft was like EverQuest simplified, polished. Hmm. Um, it's the best parts of a lot of of different MMOs, uh, compiled and and really polished, um, hmm. and tested thoroughly and stylized and then released onto the public. I mean, StarCraft is the same. Um, StarCraft Two, anyway. It's it. There were there weren't a lot of innovations there, but they did everything that they did really crazy well. Mm-hmm. Blizzard is awesome at taking existing ideas and perfecting them, and not they they don't so often come up with new ideas. Um, not anymore, anyway. Yeah, and they I like that they're not afraid to just trash stuff. That they've oh, been yeah. working on for years. Yeah, well, Ghost, I don't know, did they ever actually cancel StarCraft Ghost? Uh, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm pretty sure they totally canceled it. And they, I mean, they canceled the, what was it, Titan, right? They, yes, they canceled they Titan, that and they turned it into, um, what's it called? Over, Overwatch? Overwatch, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they took parts of it and turned yep. it into Overwatch. Yeah. Which looks to me like a polished version of TF2. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it's yeah. just following the it same sort of trend. Yeah. Um, Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, so is there anything in the news lately we wanted to discuss? Um, I did write down some stuff. Let me have a quick look here. Oh damn it! Um, I, I did. Seeing as this was the first episode, I wanted to talk about a few things that happened recently. Uh, Microsoft's Hololens. Did you have oh, to catch that? Yeah, yeah. That looks cool. Yeah. I, lo- I really I love loved the idea. Yeah, um. I think that's it. Right? I really like the idea. Yeah, well, who knows if it's going to actually be practical? It's augmented reality done right. Sure. Mm. Well, <laughs> I mean, has anybody used it yet? I know they they, really they, had, they had a. De- they? Did you check out that demo that they had? Well, I only saw the video. I mean, I saw that screenshots was, of people on a stage with it, and that was probably from the demo that they ridiculous. had. Yeah, yeah. It looks pretty good. They yeah. actually. Um, on that presentation, the guy said they actually put together another processor handling sort of positions. Okay. They, they called it like a hollow processor or some right. garbage like that. But that processor is dedicated to remembering positions of objects and where you are. So mm-hmm. it'll just solely handle that, hmm. making AR better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah, the applications there. How, um, okay, if you had one now, how would you envision using it in your day-to-day life? Uh, reminders? Because <laughs> <laughs> no. it, it, it wasn't small, right? What I saw, it was like this huge visor. visor yeah. you know, it wasn't the Google Glass thing. No. It was like a proper visor thing. I guess I haven't thought really much about it, but yeah. you, you can see the application, medi- medici- medical, right? Yeah. Automotive. Um, Visualizing complex things that are usually hidden, that sort of thing. Um, I would like to, um, similarly to how you were describing Hearthstone, that mm -hmm. stuff just happens, that would be really cool for board games, right? Yeah. HoloLens, because everyone can see stuff. Sure. And the computer or whatever can just take care of all the crazy calculations. Hate to break it to you, they already have digital board games. (laughs) Not like Mario Party. Party. I mean, ones that you can like, put like these AR, on and AR there. board yeah. games with your friends. Yes, I like that idea a but lot. You could do anything with them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. And that's what I want to think of the board games. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're board so games. cool. I want to. I want to 
to play Risk and see the dudes like actually attack. One them. one interesting <laughs> you thing. You want to see the gore. Yeah. <laughs> Turn up the gore level on my Hololens. One cool thing with that Hololens is uh, with that trailer anyway, that mm. preview of it was how they use Minecraft. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I saw that. And it kind of like shows you how Microsoft well explained why they spent so much acquiring that IP mm-hmm. to yeah. to then smash down walls and actually like play it. That is cool. It, it's almost virtually it is yeah, virtual it's virtual Lego at that point thank god by the way because <laughs> we've just come full isn't that weird you totally just come like full circle from like playing Lego mm-hmm. to playing Lego on a computer <laughs> to now playing Lego that you don't isn't a physical thing at all I think until Microsoft releases a special virtual shoe that when you step on a virtual Lego oh. it hurts your foot it's not going to be the perfect experience yeah. um, but I know tidying I, I, up will be so much easier <laughs> That's half the fun is this, you know, shoveling handfuls of Lego oh, out of the man. box. Um, there's a, a new ZBrush or something. Oh, yeah. Have you been playing around with ZBrush? Oh, I haven't. I sadly haven't played around with ZBrush. I won't talk on this too long, but uh, 4R7 came out, which is a pretty big deal for, yeah. I think, every modeler on the planet. Oh, wow. Um, they introduced sort of poly modeling in ZBrush, which is massive when you say poly poly modeling Mm -hmm. describe what you mean tell me what you mean individual polygons extruding bevels that kind of stuff really right in zbrush yeah it's really intuitive too they also have a uh, bridge with uh they actually partnered up with keyshot the rendering guys okay that's a huge deal um what are they known for keyshot is all about photo photo renders okay so imagine sculpting something in zbrush and automatically sending it to Keyshot. These two programs now work seamlessly together. So you have one button where you hit, I think, Control-R. It'll mm-hmm. send your model to Keyshot and render it. And you can oh. continue wa- working yeah. in ZBrush while it's actually rendering oh, that's in Keyshot. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, they introduce a whole bunch of stuff, but every ZBrush release, I think, it's just got a couple hundred features that... Yeah, yeah. Every time, like I use ZBrush so infrequently that when I um, go to use it, there's always like another up, to, like another version of it that yep. I, I need to get. And they've got just all these other features in there. Yeah. Um, they have micro mesh and uh, array tools now. It's it's blowing out. What's up? What's micro mesh? Um, you can imagine if you were working on a field of grass. Yep. Sculpting or creating a blade of grass. Sure. And then, a plane, like and then a plane to pla- apply it to. Mm-hmm. And then with a few clicks of the button, you can create a field of grass, right, okay. with, with that mm-hmm. thing. And you can... As opposed to individually putting each blade of grass. Oh, yeah. Way. But they had solutions to sure. this before. This yeah. is just in ZBrush with their... Um, it's built in as opposed to yeah. some sort of third-party thing you need to grab. Yeah, and uh, I just think ZBrush has a really good understanding of making things intuitive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's simple... And it's just packed with features and tools. This podcast is sponsored by ZBrush. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> so, um, in the ZBrush Mudbox continuous battle, mm-hmm. ZBrush is out ahead. Way ahead. Yeah. I-, I would say Mudbox isn't even a thing. Oh, well. It was a while. I remember people were liking Mudbox more than ZBrush for a little while. Oh, yeah. A few years back. Yeah, that was. It wouldn't be a few years back, probably five years ago or something. That's a few. Oh, actually. <laughs> Maybe maybe even seven or yeah. ten years. Oh man, 
Yeah, I, well, I do remember a time anyway when that. Mudbox that and ZBrush were sort of neck and neck mm. years ago, but now you couldn't compare the two. Wow. It's I remember, yeah, I think it, it was a long time ago because I do remember um, getting back into sculpting stuff and preferring Mudbox because I've just heard. The, the that navigation, was, was right? Better. Yeah, but the that navigation was, that is was a, a huge better. sell for people because yeah. they didn't get. Because ZBrush is such a amazing new product. Yeah. The way they, even the way they navigate is mm. like completely different, right? But it's, yeah. Um, I mean, Mudbox, I guess, for like casual users, has that advantage of being exactly the same mm-hmm. uh, navigation as Maya. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you, if you ZBrush, you can do so much more. You just have to um, get used to it. and Yeah, there is a little bit of a learning yeah, curve before you get is, Yeah, but once you do it, it's fine. Like, you use it like all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's it's amazing. You mm. you cannot compare those two now. Yeah. Um, Is Mudbox even around still? Then like, do people actually? Yeah, auto them out. Okay. Uh, I, I I occasionally see them okay. um, do things, but yeah, it's, yeah, you can't. Do you know anybody who uses it? Do I know people who use it? Yeah. No, not off the top of my head. Uh, see, that's yeah. interesting to me. That they exist. But, but I can <laughs> I could almost guarantee you that ninety percent of the studios that do modeling or high poly modeling would use ZBrush. Mm, sure. Um, so it looks like uh, Epic Games is doing some developer grants. Did you guys catch that? I didn't, but I've got the headline in front of me. Damn it! Tell me, <laughs> tell me more. Uh, it's kind of a strings free type. They, they, say, they will give you. Whenever I hear strings free, I'm like, there are strings. What are the strings? Where <laughs> it's the, just where one they string. Hang? It's just really. It's a rope. Yeah. To hang yourself <laughs> with. Well, there's an article on Gamer Suture. Okay. And it's pretty much talking about how Epic Games is getting. Well, looking for interesting games made in Unreal. Mm-hmm. And they will give you a certain amount of money, no strings attached, just to help you develop that game. Okay. Um, and they, they do have a screening process where. You send a video in of your game or demo with a description, and they will, um, I guess, internal people okay. at Unreal will check it out and yeah. see whether or not they want to give you extra So it's a, uh, I can see, um, it's I'll a Dragon's Den. I, I guess so. But they're trying to, it was really weird, that article, because they said, um, towards the bottom, it was saying competition is a, a thing of the past sort of thing. Oh, okay, weird. But <laughs> so you that, are competing against other people, though. No, but that, hmm. they're obviously competing with Unity, right? And they're, right. they're doing this as, like, a thing yeah, okay. to convert indie studios yeah. from Unity to Unreal. Which um, is, it's interesting because, now, uh, I, I don't know if Unreal has changed their business model, but it used to be you could get Unreal for free and you could make your game and start selling it and it, until you were making, I think, until you made... Like I think it was fifty thousand um, dollars. You didn't have to pay Unreal a dime, and then um, as soon as you hit that fifty thousand dollar threshold, every like thirty percent of every dollar was going to go to Unreal. Um, I don't or, know if they're still doing that, but they've got the no, subscription that, that has thing. Yeah, um, I think it's thirty US per month plus five percent of mm-hmm. your um, is it gross of whatever okay, your, your like that, yeah. app. So it's just, uh, I would guess that this. Uh, grant thing is probably a really good way for them to look at how profitable a project could be mm-hmm. give them a little it's just sort of like a, a, an indirect way of funding of, of investing in them right because there's 
there's a good chance if this project looks awesome that they'll make that money back. Yeah. Right? And I could also see um, people using Unity catching that article or word of mm. this mm-hmm. happening and being like, we need money. <laughs> it's yeah. a better engine. Because <laughs> yeah. Unity is cool, but the main thing it's got going for it is that it's free. Well, it's also really, really flexible. Yeah. Right? Unreal is getting there, mm. but, um, you know, Unity, you can publish on a whole bunch of different platforms with a click of a button. Mm. And you can do, it's, it's not quite as crazy easy from a development standpoint as as uh, Unreal is in some respects, but it is also a lot easier in some other respects. Mm. It's easy for um, so I've mucked about with it and again, it has the same control as Maya mm-hmm. uh, for navigation and you just drag in assets yep. and they, they show up straight away. It's right. great. I like that. On top of that, uh, I don't know if Unreal has... Oh, I, I was just what? trying to point to that and oh. we, we could save that for the for another next episode. one sure. yeah. um, we, we'll have another this teaser Ooh. question <laughs> what is what is you'll it? have to listen to the next oh, episode man. to find out but um, but I, uh, Unity has a a store built into their software oh yeah the asset store yeah, I don't really think great. Unreal has anything like that but you can they just, should if they like they gotta be looking at that and saying we're we're losing out money here. Yeah, I mean, if you're an indie developer, you know, you don't have any, very many employees, you might have a little bit of spare cash. Mm. Um, you can just buy some assets, buy some middleware, mm-hmm. you know, really speed up development. And you can't, you just can't really do that with, with uh, Unreal. Yeah, not only that, I'm pretty sure that's what Valve is doing with hats yeah, and soda <laughs> It is. And I was why just would thinking you, that. Yeah, why would you not want to get on that? God damn it, Valve. More, more engines just need hats, basically, is what you're saying. Um, we've got some questions from. Uh, should, should I take that? Yeah, you, sure. Go ahead. There's a couple questions. All right. This is um, a question from a friend of mine, Andrew. Is this Andrew at GGG? No, this is not Andrew at GGG. Oh, this well. is Andrew unemployed in Upper Hutt. <laughs> oh, man. You, you oh, I'm sorry. I wonder if he sorry, listens Andrew. to this. Jeez, what are you doing? Uh, he, he's Andrew, we hope you get he a job soon. Man. He can take it. Um, should people get paid from YouTube for Let's Play? videos of games he doesn't think so um for rev- wait for reviews he thinks they should but not for not for let's plays not for not for let's plays yeah. i mean that's what i took from oh, what yeah. he said there yep okay that's uh it's an interesting question let's look at let's break it down for people who don't understand why they should or shouldn't potentially uh and when you're when you're watching a let's play you're watching someone play through uh a usually a popular game and now they didn't make the game um, they're just playing through it. Uh, the creator of that game will have made a little bit of money from the sale of the game from the person who's playing through it at that point, and they're not going to make any more money, even though essentially what that person is doing is spoiling the game for all of their viewers. So there's an argument to be made that, like, you know, if a radio station is playing an album, um, they pay royalties. Uh, if a YouTube video is showing a full playthrough of a game, maybe the creator of the game. Some some creators, like I've heard that Nintendo is quite harsh on Let's Play they, people. Like they yeah. they shut them down. They they definitely were for a while there. I'm not sure if they're mm. still as harsh. Um, well, I mean, there is that side of it, but I think it's also just like free advertising as well for the game. So yeah, it, the the question is going to be: Are the people who are watching that video? the people who would buy that game if yeah. they didn't have access to that video. Because, um, I, I don't know, I can only speak for myself, but when I watch a Let's Play, it's basically just to see what the game is like. Mm. 
so I can decide whether or not I'm going to buy it. Because if I watch a Les Play, I'm usually on the fence of if I should buy this or not. Sure. And I'll watch it and then decide. I don't sit there and watch like 50 hours of someone playing through an entire game. Mm -hmm. So do you think for... This question ultimately is, is the person who's doing the Let's Play, uh, should they be making money from that? I think... I th Well, isn't it how it works is how many subscribers that channel gets, then... It's then YouTube will give them money, right? It's usually well, advertising it's, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's ad-driven. So, so I just think that view. if their channel is popular enough, then yeah, they should be getting money for it. Okay. Yeah. Even if they are not providing anything, any if they're providing no critical commentary, there's not they're not really providing any insights. If they're just if playing they just playing it and you know like PewDiePie yeah make makes crazy reactions and being like oh well. So he's whatever, if he's entertaining, yeah, then I don't see why not. And if people are watching it, then I don't, I don't sure. see why cool. not. Yeah. Fair enough. What do you think, sir? Uh, I don't really have a stance on this. Doesn't have a stance. I, sure, yeah, they, they, they <laughs> could make money from YouTube, right? Um, and yeah, Nintendo kind of cracked down on it, right? Yeah, yeah. So I guess studios that don't like it should do something about it. I'm going to say... Um, they should make some money, but I think that the creators of the game should also make. Do you uh, think a if cut. Do you think if they make a certain amount of money, then they should give some back to the off off whatever video because they can tell their stats per video. Sure. Um, if you know they're getting a lot of money off people watching the order, then they should have a percentage that goes to. The developer, Actually, the developer. yeah, they already do it with music yeah. on YouTube. That's right. Mm. They should they should be, or I, I think that it's worth considering a royalty system mm. um, for media creators. Like a game, ultimately, watching a game isn't that different to watching a TV show. And if you watch a TV show, that money is going to the creators of the TV show, or at least a, a, a cut of it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a good question, Andrew. <laughs> right. We're gonna get a job also, shoot um, soon. Do you guys actually watch Let's Play as much? Uh, I used to watch. Uh, let's plays of crazy, uh, like hacked ROM games, like okay. uh, Kaizo Mario and stuff. Who, is, who's the rights holders then? Then that well, that's a good question. <laughs> so uh, that's that raises a whole bunch of other. It's a whole. Very is that much. actually legal at all? <laughs> <laughs> I, know, like I have ROM. no idea. Um, but they were super entertaining. I don't think I have. I don't think watching someone play through a normal game is anywhere near as fun because I'd rather just play the game. Yeah. <laughs> or not, you know. If it's not worth playing it, I certainly yeah. don't want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. that's true. So I think we should probably skip that second question of mine and just get into the... Uh, Sorry, Tony, form. we're skipping your... <laughs> no. We'll save for next, another time. Yeah, next time. Uh, we also, so we also posted on the forums uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago at this point. Yeah, I think it was. Um, we got way uh, more questions than I was expecting. Yeah, we got a bunch of questions, but we're not going to have time Several for... Several episodes worth. Yes. Yeah, and obviously, uh, feel free to ask us more questions. We have an email address. Oh yeah. Well, we might as well say it at the end of the show. Yeah, say it now too. What is it? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's um, prealphaquestions at gmail dot com. Prealphaquestions at gmail dot com. We All also one word. We also have yep. Uh, we also have a Twitter account which might change names. Oh, let's not let's not do it then if it's, we're going to change it. It's going to either. Name. Well, <laughs> feel free to check. See if we've changed the name or not. This will be a game for you. Um, it's either. Pre-alpha one, or pre-alpha podcast. One of those is our new Twitter account. It could be one of those. It could be neither. 
maybe we've been hacked and it's been taken down. Um, so questions from the Grinding Gear Off-Topic Forums. Question from uh, user Rykast, R-Y-K-A-S. What is a typical day like? Day-to-day -day breakdown. What's, what, what do you do every day? Do you like, like, get off hang on, Facebook? Um, <laughs> Don't you hear it here first, folks. <laughs> no, no okay. work. Uh, okay, day-to-day -day breakdown. I uh, have a cup of coffee in the morning. I go to the cafe up the road. Which one? French, French cafe. So for uh, anybody who doesn't know, uh, our office is located in uh, a sort of green part of, of Auckland. Um, and it's kind of a wealthy area. Uh, and it? It, it, it is. It is. <laughs> and yeah, and there's, is. you can tell it's wealthy because the ratio of cafes to everything else yeah. Yeah. is crazy high. There's like four, five, six in this little yeah, tiny village. Yeah. Also, um, the amount of dentists' office, offices. How many are there? I think there are two. Well, right on that little nice. strip there. It's not a very big village. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. And there's also like three hairdressers. Yeah. There's, there's a hairdresser right next to us. Yeah. We, it's, it's actually really convenient um, having hair right there. I've not been there once, though. Not, not for me. Do you not get your hair cut? I'm bald. No. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> that's super convenient. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Damn, I'm going to go bald. Um, <laughs> that sounds good. You should. Uh, join the club. Um, it's a typical day, yeah. I, I go up and get my, my coffee, walk down. Um, we have a... We have a list of issues that we're going through. So when you say issues, uh, tasks, it's, it's like, yeah, tasks. Yeah. Uh, tasks so I, I check that out first to see if there's anything new that you sure. put on there. And then I just spend my day working on the uh, most important one, which at the moment is anything with that. Garden core. tiles? Garden tiles. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, thankfully. Okay. For those that don't know, the garden Not many. That's set. a super inside joke. Yeah, <laughs> for everybody. Anyone that doesn't work, at <laughs> anyone that didn't work at Granny Gear the games like two years ago, <laughs> get that joke. Uh, um, the garden tile set, uh, which uh, in the games is the Imperial Gardens, and I think the Hedge Maze. Um, this is in Path of Exile where we all work. Yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, it just took a super long time. Yeah, it, it, did, it did spend. I did spend a long time doing it, and the weird thing is, like, because I'm just draping. I was just draping like uh, vines and leaves over everything, mm -hmm. and the thing is, they all kind of look the same because it's all just like foliage. Mm -hmm. But they're not all the same, and it takes a while to do that. Yeah. A lot of love and yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so next, and it was a bummer that I've like checked out the forums and people have said the least favorite. Oh, favorite. Yeah. Like, oh, so man. next time you're uh, mindlessly rushing through Imperial Gardens, stop. Take a deep breath. Yeah, Look around you. Appreciate the vines yeah. on that statue. Because Blake made those vines. He made them for you because he loves you. What about you, Nick? What's your day to day like? Um. Uh. Well, day work day. I yes. I I get in a bit later than uh, I think you guys probably do. You guys get. I'm in. in. I'm in before nine. I'm, yeah. I'm in pretty early. That's yeah, you're in. I don't even know when you come in. That's how early you come in. A little after seven. <laughs> I get in like nine. 30 to uh, between 9.30 and 10. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm not an early morning person. I'm not even a late morning person. I'm still usually blind tired by the time I get in the office. Um, first things first, make a giant mug of tea. Uh, Irish breakfast is, is the way to go. What? Make it as dark as possible. Okay. A little bit of milk, no sugar. Uh, I drink that bad boy. And then I, 
uh, during the entire thing and then get to work. Yes. <laughs> I sit there down it. intimately staring at my tea. Um, no, I usually, uh, first things I'll usually do is I'll check out our forums and our Reddit um, and make sure that there's no like urgent bugs or issues. Um, and then I'll start going through our supporter emails and seeing uh, one of my tasks is making um, unique items for supporters who've, who've bought them. And so I'll, I'll just I'll reply to all of the people who have you know cropped up on there, um, and then usually I tend to do whatever is needed at that particular time. I don't unlike Blake who who will spend months working on a specific feature. Um, yeah. I I spend you know I'll I'll work on a whole bunch of different things um, in a given day. And often I'll, I won't finish any of them, or because um, they all need to be tested and then sent oh, back, yeah, and yeah. people need to look over it. Um, but then, I'll, towards the end of a of a couple weeks or whatever, I'll, I'll suddenly get to sign off on a whole bunch of them and be like, "These are all done. Check them." Um, it's a good feeling to um, to click the resolve. Yeah, on, on a bunch of stuff. Yeah, because yeah. um, working on tile sets, uh, one one task will be like months you know <laughs> yeah and there are, other, there are other people who are like yeah I just finished like five tasks today yeah yeah. <laughs> I haven't I'll done do, one <laughs> I'll, one unique item will be like three tasks and I'll, yeah. I'll pop through them real fast yeah <laughs> so like yep done um, yeah that's, ba- that's basically it every day is a little bit different we don't I don't have that many daily rituals other than checking the forms and drinking a giant mug of tea Mine's uh, my, mine isn't too exciting either. I just get up a little. I'd say about six thirty. Um, I would drive to work, oh. make a coffee, sit down in front of my computer for eight nine hours. What do you do on your computer? What's, um, what's the first thing I'm, you do? I'm checking. I'm checking the uh, issue tracker as well. Okay. Um, seeing if there are issues assigned to other people, um, and get onto. You know things that are urgent that are assigned mm-hmm. to me as well, mm-hmm. and sort of float around the office. Float around. <laughs> well, well, if 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 I'm needed somewhere else, which isn't, it doesn't happen that often. <laughs> um, what uh, what coffee you having at the moment? Um, well, yeah, like you're you're quite the coffee aficionado, aren't you? I think I, I think it's called Gravity. Oh that, really? That purple bag. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. But one. I just went for the cheapest. Yeah, that's a that's a supermarket <laughs> brand. That's actually not. That's actually pretty good. That's okay. my favorite supermarket brand. Okay. My favorite poor man. <laughs> poor man's coffee. What's your What's your absolute favorite coffee? Um, I actually really like the one we're on now, which is one called C Four, from. Uh, I think it's from Christchurch. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's what do you like about it? Really nice. Uh, the taste. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like the. The way it looks. Yeah. No, I don't know what you're talking about at all. Is like. Oh you, no, I don't get into any of that. Do you like, have like are there mm, certain woody. certain notes? No, I don't, I don't get into any of that. No? Like okay. pretentious, like mm, very uh, very woody aroma here and a hint of nutmeg and I don't do any of that. Uh, rope. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think we've got time for one yeah, more we'll, question. We might actually have time for. Well, we'll see. We'll see how many. So, uh, good question, right? I guess we've got another question from. D L R R all lowercase. Uh, I'm gonna say your name is pronounced Dollar. Um, so Dollar says, "What's your favorite thing that came from the community that got added into the game?" 
Um, for example, support unique ideas from the forums, a uh, certain passive node. Um, what do you think? I don't have anything on the top of my head. Okay. Um, Maybe if I was to say anything, I think that drop there was kind of cool. But it's the only noteworthy. Is that that I? That was mine. Think? Oh no! <laughs> I um I actually checked because I think we had um, another artist um, outside of the studio work on it. Oh okay. And so I was the guy who actually checked the model to check its integrity to see if mm. we could use it in game. It was kind of cool seeing it go back and forth. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think it came out really well. Now, um, after um, animation and everything. Yeah. When you're checking a model to see if it can go in the game, what are you looking for? Um, poly, um, polygon distribution, UV maps. When you, when you say polygon distribution, mm-hmm. uh, um, I've shortened that to resolution. It's almost if you were to compare how large a polygon is on one model mm-hmm. compared to say the environment, mm-hmm. we have roughly a large resolution on these characters because they're so small, mm-hmm. right? Which is roughly, I think it averages around 3,000 triangles per character yeah. f- for your average bipedal character. Yeah. Um, and so the drop there was a little smaller, so you mm. can kind of ballpark a, a number. Okay. So it's just the, the sort of... Um, actual number of polygons. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's it say it's half the size of the character. Sure. It's, this should be roughly mm-hmm. fifteen hundred tries, right? Right. You see it. You would see it um, before it's into animation, right? Yep. Yeah. So you wouldn't be checking for like oh, polygons in the right. Yep. You know. Yep. Definitely. Topology is a very important yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and UVs is one thing that we UVs. Um, the texture map. Yeah. Which is applied to the character. Sure. It's um, how would how would you describe it? It's like a two D fold out. Yeah, I would say thing. the three D models are for I think pretty much every video game apart from John Carmack's Mega, Mega Textures. textures. <laughs> they're all. Um, they're wait, all don't they use the same? I thought they used the same. They were just like oh, bigger wait, size. It, it was a what was it? Polygon per image? It wasn't. I have I actually. Yeah, know. I'm blanking. Talks, I'm blanking on mega textures so right far over my head that it's just like <laughs> noise. But basically, every 3D model unwraps onto mm. a 2D texture because I guess that's the easiest yeah, way to sure. identify yeah, color yeah. onto the model. Yeah, I imagine it's like. Um, I mean, I guess for people who are having a hard time imagining that it's like um, if you take a cube and yeah. you fold it out, like you might have done, you know, and you end up with the cross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, and you're looking exactly at shells. Like Every yeah. 3D model is a shell or yeah. something. You yeah. have to unwrap that shell to then apply color to mm. that to that model. Just, uh, I I worked in a game where someone had to manually unwrap that. Oh yeah, yeah. I think everyone. Yeah, I mean, does. it depends on what you, you have manually. tools in in the software. Yeah, so you're not actually on a computer. Yeah, you're, you're, not, you're not dragging each like vertex right, sure. into its thing. But you're making like, sure that it's unwrapping properly. Yeah, right? yeah. You're you're not getting yeah. it all. There's wonky. um there's been like. I don't know. In the recent like, last like ten years or something, there's been tools that have come in. Like, do you remember the Mari's big deal? Yeah, um, which assigns every polygon has uh, a certain resolution square texture um, that it connects to. Okay. Did Did you check that out? Mari is what uh, Witter is using. Oh yeah. That's kind of crazy. We yeah, don't have anything like no, that, no. so we're kind of just using standard texture maps mm-hmm. and kind of your bare bones. Yeah. Really. 
but that I mean we we do that that computers normal computers can run the game right? yeah oh yeah <laughs> Weta which is um, like a special effects production uh, house yeah they they don't worry about that no. <laughs> what, what about you what's your um, favorite community Ooh, that is a tricky one so I've I because I work on a lot of items um, that players have bought uh, I see a lot of things uh, I think maybe my favorite um, is oh, it might be Moku's Embrace, which is a ring, uh, which our one of our two D artists, George, did a wonderful job of uh, of illustrating. It's this. It's like a sort of a dark looking, slightly tinged red um, loop, and then at the top is a sort of brighter red rose, um, sort of blooming. Okay. And uh, the ring itself uh, was one of our first, if not our first item that benefits the player for having a negative attribute on them um, so whenever they're ignited they get some they get they get some boosts to their attack speed and cast speed were you behind that um, I think it was a, it was basically a joint operation with my, to myself and the, and the supporter but mm -hmm. I think it turned out the supporter was very um, flexible and and um, uh, and I think his initial idea was pretty good um, and what we landed on I think was good and it's opened up a lot of room for new builds and it um, also just is very flavorful like the, it's it's a cool looking item it's cool from a flavor perspective like it just uh, you look at that and you go I totally understand what that's for and I understand how I could use it and uh, I just like the way it looks oh, um, fair enough yeah so it's one so of my favorites does, does that happen quite often do, do you ever you could, because you're a um, dealing with these guys quite a bit. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, <are> you... <laughs> um, but do you hear? I think it happens less often than I would like. Um, a lot of, and part of it is that our game. I mean, game development is intrinsically not that flexible, right? You once a once an engine is made, if you want crazy changes or like a crazy new gameplay mode, you have to often make changes to an engine, um, and that can take like a super super long time because building an engine is not an easy thing mm -hmm. um, and so a supporter will often request things that we just can't do and there's often like weeks and weeks and weeks of back and forth trying to I mean I, I have to shoot down a lot of ideas because they just literally won't work in our game can you say any of those ideas um, yeah there were some recently like uh, skills like brand new skills that trigger when you kill an enemy or something for that to happen, we'd have to make a new skill, um, then give that skill to the player as a skill that's attached to the item, but then also disable them from being able to use it. So it would show up on their little skill bar as grayed out, which is really confusing. Yeah. Um, and then have a separate trigger that's attached to the item that is also hidden. And then when they kill an item, or when they kill the when they kill the enemy, the, the item triggers the skill. So there's like a whole bunch of different steps in there. Um, that we it's just A really hard to do and takes like a really long time to get the balance right and B would be confusing to the player under our current engine and overall I think would have like a negative impact um, so I think we we don't really have time for any more questions um, however we've got a couple left and we'll have them we'll do these next week I think yeah man um, so well actually are we are we running next week Two weeks. Two weeks from now, 
Um, Blake's got a thing he has to do somewhere. Oh, Blake. I, I got a thing, man. Oh. Blake's an international man of mystery. Yeah. So, um, thank you so much for tuning in to Pre-Alpha. This was the first episode. Today, by the way, I was meant to say the date. Um, <laughs> what's today's date? 20, 22nd February? 20, 22nd of February. It's a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you have any questions... Yeah, feel, so feel free to email us your questions and queries uh, to pre-alpha questions, questions at gmail.com uh, or tweet at us at pre-alpha1 or at... <laughs> pre-alpha podcast find out which one um and please give us all your feedback we'd love to hear what you think uh and thank you so much for listening we'll see you in a couple weeks see ya great cheers that was first episode of front seat gamer yeah that was pretty good yeah great episode amazing and it definitely wasn't an episode of (laughs) pre-alpha so if you want to contact us uh contact us at front seat cast or email us at front seat questions at gmail.com yeah you got it yeah so easy this easy to remember um can't forget yeah thanks for listening we'll be back uh very soon with episode two with the right name look forward to that